This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It was billed as a tell-all memoir of Rob Ford's time in office. Doug Ford promised he would call out the scams, the cheats, and the liars in his new book, Ford Nation. But does it deliver? We'll ask him in a moment. And as we age, many people want to discuss retirement, but not these two, at least not the way most people think of it. Mike Drack and Jonathan Chevro wrote a retirement book about not retiring and will be here in studio. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A new report from the Fraser Institute shows that Canadians are now waiting longer than ever to see a medical specialist. It says that on average, patients are waiting 20 weeks from the time they are referred to a specialist to the time they get treatment. That's a 115% increase in the last two and a half decades. Universal health care doesn't seem to be the issue since European countries all have shorter wait times, according to study co-author Bacchus The longest wait was for neurosurgery and the shortest for cancer treatment. A couple of Canadian Zoomers were honoured recently by the outgoing President of the United States. Saturday Night Live producer and creator Lorne Michaels and world-renowned architect Frank Gehry were among 21 people honoured with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. The 72-year-old Michaels has won 13 Emmy Awards for his work with SNL, while the 87-year-old Gary is recognized globally for his buildings, including the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles, the Guggenheim Museum in Spain, and the redesign of the Art Gallery of Ontario in Toronto. Scientists in California are again experimenting in the search for eternal youth. They're testing trial participants' blood and passing it through a machine that resets abnormal levels of protein seen in older blood with the idea that it could slow the aging process. Researchers say the high level of certain proteins can hamper growth and maintenance of healthy body tissues and contribute to deterioration in old age. 33 years after it was first released by Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah is back on the charts. It was not a hit for the Montreal-born singer-songwriter, but for the first time since its 1984 release, Hallelujah, sung by the late Leonard Cohen, has made the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. It checks in at number 59 in the week following his death at the age of 82. Covers of Hallelujah have been hits a number of times since its initial release in the 80s. 
I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. He promised to name names and blow the lid off politicians, the media, and even the courts. But by the time Doug Ford's much-anticipated book hit the shelves, it had taken a different direction. His take on his brother Rob's rise to power at Toronto City Hall, the infamous crack cocaine saga, and his tragic death from cancer have a special resonance after Donald Trump's victory in the U.S. And it sure sounds like Doug wants to get back in the political arena, judging by what he told me when he came by to talk about Ford Nation, Two Brothers, One Vision. Did you get everything off your chest in this book? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. A fraction of it. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, came out a few months ago and and said that everyone's going to be called out. And then I sat down with her family and, and uh, my mother in particular, and she said, do you want to make the story attacking people or do you want to make it about Rob and her family? And uh, she just said it pretty simple as that. And I I thought, yeah, it's probably, probably better to not worry about, uh, you know, coming back and going after people and I, I thought, why don't we tell a, a story that uh, really is a better representation of who Rob was than what the media painted him as. What do you think it is uh, that appealed to people about Rob? He's famous, has mm. always been famous for returning every phone call, fixing yeah. every crack. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of retail politics? Was that the secret? Yeah, Rob used to say it was like shooting fish in a barrel. You go try to help someone, number one, it's very rewarding uh, when you try to help someone. And it might be a, a minor issue to you and I, but uh, you drive out of your, your driveway and you, you go through this pothole every single day. It drives you crazy. Rob would go over and fix it. Uh, present counselors wouldn't return people's calls. They wouldn't show up. Rob would return every call, no matter what issue it was. It could be a federal, provincial, or municipal issue. Rob would show up and fix the problem. He didn't care, you know, if you were white, black, pink, purple, what religion, what race, you know, gay, straight, whatever. He'd he'd be there at your front door. There's this phenomenon going now uh, mm-hmm. on now, populism. That's what swept Donald Trump to power. Were you kind of a, an early iteration of that? Rob pioneered populist, you know, movement in, in uh, Canada. I think it went down to the, the states as well, but it's right across the world. You saw over in UK, the Brexit vote. You see in uh, the vote in Iceland, Poland, Philippines even. And people are just fed up with the phony politicians. And they're in all three parties. The prime minister has a business person that donates a million dollars to his father's foundation. It's legal. Is it right? No. <laughs> people just don't buy into it. I have to agree with you there. So let me ask you this. The feeling that I got from your book is that you felt that you were specifically, say, targeted by the media because you were populist or or because of your positions. But now you Mm -hmm. see Trudeau is taking it on the chin in the media for the very thing that you're pointing out. Oh, there's a love affair with Trudeau. you got to be kidding. Now that these things are coming out, they're being reported, are they not? He's being taken to task for that as the front of the Global Mail today. It just started. And, and the gravy train's in full swing in Ottawa. Let's get back to yeah. um, to Rob. You covered quite poignantly mm-hmm. um, Rob's problems with addiction. That's right. But 
when you first get into it and you're mm-hmm. going over how it was covered by the media with the infamous crack video, mm-hmm. on the one hand, you kind of say it was a bit of a media witch hunt and they were going mm-hmm. after him. But right after that, you kind of admit that, that Rob lied to you and that mm-hmm. you had no idea. So yeah. how do those things <laughs> Well, it was, it was prior. It was prior. As soon as Rob jumped in the race, Toronto Star came after him with vengeance. Let's say right off the top, yeah. Rob was guilty. He admitted his guilt after. He went to go get help. And the thing that probably bothered me the most, and I'll never forget it, there was media people that I know was doing cocaine. I've, I've heard <laughs> numerous sources because people were calling us as they were attacking Rob. I'll never forget it. One guy was attacking Rob say, saying to him, are you doing cocaine? And you know, all his buddies are calling us saying this guy does, does cocaine all the time. And uh, so I'm thinking, what a bunch of hypocrites. Then we have certain counselors that I know have drinking issues. They should be in rehab. And they're the ones voting to get rid of Rob. You wrote very poignantly about mm-hmm. how you felt when you realized that mm-hmm. this was true and the extent of Rob's problem. What do you have to say to I mean, lots of families are coping mm-hmm. with addictions. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from this, and what do you have to say to them? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Libby, because I, I didn't sugarcoat it. I, almost, I, I felt guilty after doing it, but I wanted to make sure it was clear and transparent um, what I wrote. And I was hard on Rob in our book. But there's tens of them, there's hundreds of thousands of people in this country, if not probably millions, that have an addiction of some sort. Some people have closet addictions. Some people just are open with it with their, their family. Rob had a, a closet addiction. It wasn't crack. It was alcohol. Yeah, when he, he got sauced up, did he uh, try it and, and smoke it? He admitted he did. But uh, was Rob an addict with, with that type of drug? No, he wasn't. He was an alcoholic that led into you know certain uh, nights that he'd be out there partying. And he, for, you know, to a certain degree... You know, Rob thought he was the average guy, but uh, he was the mayor of the city, too. Exactly. Keep in mind, after Rob went to go get help, uh, no, prior to Rob getting help, I, I should say, and this video was out and everything, they were doing polling at 40%. Rob still had 40% popularity, even people after they, they knew he had an issue. People understand personal issues, Libby. They don't understand or won't accept corruption, backroom deals, lining their pockets of the taxpayers' money. I'd like to turn to Rob's cancer diagnosis. I'm sure that was just so tough for your family, and Mm -hmm. it it seemed to come at a time when he was dealing with his problems. One day he sat down, uh, Libby, uh, we were at Perkins' restaurant, he said, "Uh, Doug, I'm I'm not feeling well. This was in the morning. Uh, I said, go to the doctors. He went to the doctors, and he called me two hours later and said, I'm at Humber River Hospital. So in lightning speed, within two hours, his whole life changed, family changed, er- everything changed. You think, okay, you can beat cancer, and and uh, you were telling me on, on break that you're a cancer survivor, so you have hope. But then we found out it was sarcoma, that there isn't a, there isn't a cure for sarcoma. And it's a very rare cancer, which makes it all the more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. It went through Rob like lightning. Absolutely lightning. It was, it was incredible. It's, uh, it's tough. I'll tell you what a roller coaster it is. And three out of five people in our country are going to have cancer. Yep. Shocking stats. Absolutely shocking. I'd like to turn to your political career. <laughs> yeah. You haven't ruled anything out. No. So what are you thinking? 
Well, Libby, I just, it drives me crazy. I sit back and I know what we did in, in the city in, in two years. And I ask your listeners, in the first year, year and a half, two years, uh, what's John Tory done? If you know what he's done, tell me, because I don't have a clue what he's done outside of raise taxes, hide his taxes and water bills. His approval rating is 67%. Are you going to take him on with that? Let's see what happens. And it all depends on who runs. You get a strong left candidate and uh, two or three other strong candidates, and they're all of a sudden the pie gets sliced up real quick. And everyone's uh, relatively popular in the first year or two. Uh, talk to me in year three and year four. Then I look at the province. Province is in a financial disaster right now. When will you make a decision about running? Well, we got the provincial election in uh, roughly about a year and a half. And then we have the, the city municipal election in two years. So I'm going to see what happens over the next year and and make, make a decision. Okay. Doug Ford, Excellent. thanks so thanks much so for much joining for us. Thank you. That was former councillor and mayoral candidate Doug Ford. His new book is Ford Nation, Two Brothers, One Vision. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up after the break, have you ever thought that retirement isn't for you? How would you like to play while you work and work while you play? We'll have the how-to when the Zoomer Week in Review returns. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP. A new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. What is there to do in retirement? The research shows that staying sedentary after finishing your working years may be the worst thing you can do for your physical and mental health. So what is the best practice to ensure a long and productive life? Mike Drack and Jonathan Chevro have written a book, called Victory Lap Retirement. What is Victory Lap Retirement? Victory Lap Retirement is a lifestyle approach to living after leaving your primary career. It's made up of a a number of different components. Uh, One component is uh, work. We feel that uh, work, uh, you know, in generating some active income is a good thing, especially these days where a lot of, of retirement people are worried about running out of money. Plus, you know, it's a healthy lifestyle. You know, there's a lot of emphasis on keeping healthy, working out, nutrition, and things like that. It could be volunteering and charitable work. I see it as a lot of multiple streams of income. In the old days, you might have called it full-time retirement. I call it semi-retirement. Other terms for it might be encore careers or legacy careers. Uh, but it's really the post-corporate. You've left the cubicle, the 40-hour weeks, the meetings, the bosses, and all that stuff, and you're designing your own life. Uh, I think the last chapter is a design a, a retirement from which you don't have to retire, a That's life right. from which you don't have to retire, retire sort of expresses it. How do you make that happen? Well, the first thing is you have to have financial independence. So you have to have money, which we define. There's a whole chapter on, the, on our term for it is independence or the independence Day. That's when all your passive sources of income exceed your monthly nut. So the monthly nut being you know, the usual thing, rent and mortgage payments and your food and the basic expenses. Usually it's a couple thousand a month for people. So if you have pensions, investment income, part-time gigs, royalty income, speaking things, et cetera, self-employment income from an internet site perhaps, if the passive sources, when you don't even have to wake up and do anything, the passive sources meets your monthly nut, then you're independent. But the question is, what do you do with the time and you know, the fruits of independence? And that's really what Victory Lap is about. That's the dream. I'm not sure the reality fits because my experience 
as a manager, I I like to hire freelancers who are retired because they're generally available when you need them, but they've got to be available when I need them, not when they want to work. And for people who are freelance that I know feel like they have to take everything that comes their way. As a freelancer, if that's what I was doing and I love doing it, I would say to you, okay, I'll do the work, but I only want to do three days a week because the other four days of the week I'm going to spend it doing something else, which, you know, I'll determine what I want to do. And I'm a perfect example because I'm living the victory lab just like Jonathan. So I worked in commercial banking. I decided to leave. And then I had to figure out where I wanted to go. And I decided I didn't want to have a boss anymore. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And then I'm going to go out and do seminars and become a retirement mentor for people and help them transition into Victory Lab. And how are you making money from this? Did you get... We sell books. And I'd love you, you to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> My experience, what I've seen with, with people at this stage of life, that the whole prospect of getting this work that you love and doing it when you want to do it and getting paid for it, it's not a slam dunk no matter how... Well-prepared you are, well-qualified, smart. There's a lot of possibilities out there, so there's hope. And all you have to do is do your research and talk to the right people and get a good mentor in place and start working towards it. And you can create a, a wonderful, satisfying life and improve the quality of your remaining years. And that's what it's all about. And And it's doable, but, you know, you have to... You have to get involved, you have to do the work, and you can't delegate that off to someone else. You have to be involved and work towards it. But it's doable. A lot of people have done it, and you can do it too. Good way to conclude. Thank you both. Thank you. That was Mike Drack and Jonathan Chevro talking to us about their book, Victory Lap Retirement. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. In a moment, he was a revolutionary musician in the late 60s and early 70s, making sounds on the guitar we had never heard before. We celebrate the life of Jimi Hendrix when the Zoomer Week in Review returns. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Zneimer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The Sherlock Holmes International Exhibition is a popular choice at Seattle's Pacific Science Center, offering an opportunity to solve a murder mystery using the methods of the iconic detective. The center worked with the Museum of London to make the fictional detective as authentic as possible. Be prepared to wait up to two hours to use the washroom on the fourth floor at the Guggenheim in New York. That's because people want to experience the functional 18-karat gold toilet, which is actually part of the America Art Exhibit. At the Theatre Royal in Plymouth, England, a new production of The Red Shoes is part Hans Christian Andersen, who wrote the original, and part Powell and Pressburger, who produced the 1948 movie about a girl who dreams of becoming the best ballet dancer in the world. The Red Shoes moves to Sadler Wells in London for December. And in Singapore, the National Gallery has inaugurated its new roof garden with conceptual artist Jan Vo's largest Asian installation to date. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. 
This weekend, one of the most iconic musicians of the 60s would have celebrated his 74th birthday. Jimi Hendrix was born on November 27, 1942. He was one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century, changing the way guitarists approached their instrument. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame describes him as arguably the greatest instrumentalist in the history of rock music. Hendrix started his career as a background musician for the Isley Brothers and later Little Richard. He moved to England in 1966, where he pursued a solo career. Within months, Hendrix had earned three UK top ten hits with the Jimi Hendrix experience. Hey Joe, Purple Haze, and The Wind Cries Mary. Sadly, like many musical luminaries, Jimi Hendrix's life was cut short at the age of 27. But his legacy remains, and his name will always be synonymous with the electric guitar. Right now, we'll hear one of Jimi Hendrix's early hits. Here is The Wind Cries Mary. After all the jets are in the boxes. That was Jimi Hendrix with The Wind Cries Mary. This weekend marks the 74th anniversary of his birth. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.